turn to Colossians, the second chapter, verse 2. It says that their hearts may be encouraged, uh, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of the understanding of the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom, or in the Father and Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now we're going to look at that. He was talking to these people. He hadn't been to them. Uh, he wanted to make sure that they were established, and he had written them letters. And he makes some interesting things, statements here, and we're going to go through these and bring this together before we leave today. Notice this here in this second verse. It says that their hearts, the core of them, may be encouraged or gain courage. Isn't it interesting through the Bible how often he wants believers or people who are in covenant with God to have courage and not be discouraged, but to find courage? And he said, listen, you guys at Colossae, I want you to find courage. He's saying that about us at Christ of the Nations Church. Hey, guys, I want you to be encouraged or to find courage and get courage in your heart. You know, there's a difference between having no courage and running and hiding or being able to face life with courage. And this is a substantial courage, a real courage that gives you some backbone. And it's from the inside. He seen, said that you may be encouraged or get courage and that your hearts be, would become knit together in love. Isn't it interesting when people don't walk in love, how divisions come? They get mad at that person. They get bitter at that person. And they're not knit together anymore. There comes a tearing apart. That's why we're commanded to love one another and forgive one another and be patient with one another. Could you imagine if heaven had no love? But heaven is going to be full of love, so all our hearts will be knit there. But we're of the heaven bunch that will be there, and he wants us to be that way now. Because if your hearts are not, if we're not walking in love, our hearts won't be knit together. We'll be tore apart. and We'll be mad at you and mad at you. And we're not going to be that way for eternity. And we have a new nature, so we shouldn't be that way now. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm just saying that for myself because nobody else did. And, um, and attaining, but notice this, being knit together in love. And he wants your heart to attain or come to this place of all riches. But even if you got rid of the word all riches and just put that your heart would attain to the full assurance. So he's talking about your heart being encouraged and coming to this full assurance. But then he tells you the riches of the full assurance. So this, he wants your heart to have a full assurance, to be full of courage, but he wants it to be full. If it's full, there's no room for other stuff in there right? Have you ever gone somewhere into an elevator and they said, it's full? And you're like, I can get in there and you squeeze in. Then it wasn't completely full. But, you know, there are times where you get there and you think, there's just no way to get in there. there there's just no way because it's full. And he said, listen, I want your hearts to find courage. I want them to be knit together and I want them to attain the riches of the full assurance of understanding. 
So he wants your heart to have an understanding, to be full of confidence, assurance, concerning the knowledge. Concerning knowledge. What kind of knowledge? What should you get at church? What should you get when you read your Bible? Knowledge of both God the Father and of Christ. And he wants your heart to have courage there. And he wants your heart knit together with other believers. And he wants you to have not just courage, but a full assurance. He wants you to be assured inside when others are not outside and not around you. He wants you to be like that. He wants you to be bold. But you're not going to get that just by acting. It's when this truth gets in you. And he said, notice this, verse 3, in whom or in God the Father, because that's who he's talking about, and in Jesus are hidden all. Notice they're hidden there. But he's telling you where they're at so you can find them. They're hidden. These are hidden truths. Hidden are in whom are hidden all. And he's talking about truth, but then he uses this word, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All of them. Wisdom, the Bible said, and knowledge can lengthen your days, cause you to walk in victory, cause you to walk in health, can add provision to your life, can keep you from stumbling. You look on and on, and he said they're all just hid right there. I'm too busy, though. You're too busy to find these hidden treasures? I told you where they are. If you go dig them up, that's what Paul's saying. Listen, they're hidden right there. But notice these two words he uses. One in verse 2, he calls them the riches. Verse 3, he calls them the treasures. And then he uses words like all the treasures. Then he uses words like hidden treasures. Treasures, riches are all in the knowledge of him. They're all right there. And he's like, listen... I want this for you. Why would he want these things for them? Because in these truths is every victory you need. But it's interesting what he says after. Notice this in verse 4. And then we're going to jump through some verses. Now, this I say. Notice that phrase, now. I got done saying this. Now, I say this. Notice, now, this I say. In other words, listen, treasures, riches, all this stuff about your heart being encouraged, being strengthened, everything you'd ever need is right in Him and in the knowledge of Him. Now I'm saying this. I said that, now I'm saying this. Why do I need to say this now after I said that? Isn't that all there is to it? Isn't that it right there? Notice what he said. Now this I say, lest, or we would say it like this, unless this would occur. That anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. In that knowledge are all the treasures and the riches that you're ever going to need. But you're going to need to be careful because there are going to be people who are going to come to you with words that are persuasive against that. They're going to try and talk you out of those treasures, out of those riches, out of those things that belong to you. 
Science will, the part that's away from actual facts. Different things in the world will, circumstances will, and the devil will see to it. You will hear things that will sound enticing. To do what? Right here. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you. Literally means to reckon you wrong. I'm holding on to these treasures, I'm holding on to these riches, and somebody's going to come along to reckon you wrong. You know that happened with Adam and Eve? They had truth directly from God. They could have gone and eaten that other tree and partaken of life, and somebody came along called the serpent and beguiled them. And what did he do? He reckoned what God said not right. And what happened? They were plundered. And... So he, to deceive means to reckon wrong, wrong in, you know, to have misconduct. It literally means to cheat you by false reckoning, to deceive by false reasoning, to delude you or circumvent or get you to go around the truth, to go away from it. And these are persuasive words. So some, some of these words are going to come to you that are going to tell you why it's good not to go the way of the Lord and not to follow His things. And it's not the best way. And the treasures aren't really there. And the riches aren't really there. And this that we live is only for a short time. It is there. It's all in Christ. It's all in the Lord. And what's interesting is as you read on, we remember these words as we go forward. Riches, treasures, in what? In the knowledge, in this information, in this wisdom. The Word of God is the biggest thing. And the Word of God is the biggest thing rightly divided. But what's interesting is verse 8 goes on to say this. And, and you could read the rest. We just don't have time today. Uh, but notice this. Beware. Now he said, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you. Verse 8, beware. Beware, lest anyone cheat you. That word right there literally is to plunder. You know, when you think of a pirate movie, they plunder. What do they do? They go get on the other ship. Arr, arr. That's what they say, arr. I know, I've seen movies. They say, arr, a lot, arr. That's the only word they know in the alphabet, arr. And they get on the other ship, and what do they do? They go, ah, and then they take the, take the treasure, right? That's what they're about, the riches. What do we call that? Being plundered. What are these deceptive things that come to people? They're to plunder you. They're to take away the riches that you are supposed to have, the treasures you're supposed to walk in. These lies come, not as pirates, but these things, these thoughts that come against your mind, thoughts, ideas, suggestions that are contrary to the truth, to plunder you, to rob you. And so he said right here, beware. Hey, you ever seen a sign that says, beware of dog? That means there's a dog there. Watch out. You go there, you could be in trouble. But beware, lest anyone, so they're going to come through people sometimes, cheat you. Not everybody's honest. Through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of man. Boy, he gives us some stuff to know. 
Sometimes you're going to have to leave behind what your friends say, some of the traditions you've experienced, some of the things you've learned in church that were not out of the Word of God, these traditions of men, or just people in the world. Well, I just believe God's a loving God, and He just loves everybody. That's true. But, so therefore, everybody will get in. That's a tradition of men. That's not from God. That leaves people apathetic, non-moving, toward the right way of telling people that Jesus is the only way, and then they're plundered because we don't tell or they don't have the opportunity to know. And what happens is then we get plundered. They rob that truth, and really we have to relinquish the truth. And he said, beware, because traditions are going to come, and they're going to come from men, and he called them persuasive. It's sometimes going to sound good. But he said they're according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Why did he say according to Christ? Because in him are all the hidden treasures, riches of wisdom and knowledge. These other ones are not according to that. And what are they for? They're to cheat you. They're to take your reward. They're to rob you from walking in God's best. Remember Jesus? We are here at church, right? Yeah. The guy with the beard that had the crown, thorns, and all that. Jesus, Savior of the world, God in the flesh guy. Only way. He said this in, in Matthew seven thirteen. He talked about the traditions of men make the power of God. And he said, you've got to be careful because they will make ineffective the power of God through, because people hold through or hold on to traditions. Here we just read a verse, Paul warned of the same thing. You be careful of traditions. Some things that we hear that we hold on to, we need to make sure, does it really line up with the Bible? Because it could be robbing you of the power of God being active in your life and bringing results to you. And he said the traditions of men make the power of God of ill or no effect. Jesus said that. He is warning them, be careful. How are you going to know the difference? You're going to have to look in the Word. Notice this. Then, verse 9, he said, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we know it's there in him, but we need the knowledge about it. And he said, And you are complete or full, and you've got everything in him who is the head of all principality and power. He's above every demon power. I mean, as you just read on now from the 11th verse on, and we're not going to look through it, he talks about the victory Christ won, how he stripped the devil of every wicked power, every wicked ability. He got us a total victory, cleansed people of their sins, made them right with God. He goes through and talks about a complete redemption and our victory. Total victory, but, but that's the treasure that we need to know. But notice what he goes on to say in the 18th verse after he talks about a number of these things. Let no one cheat you, plunder you, means rob you of the treasures. If these are warnings again and again that Paul gave, he was a man who held to the truth. And he encouraged people and he told people, you're going to have to strive to stay with the truth because some stuff is going to come along that's going to seem right. I remember one young kid, he's now in the military, and when he's out, and he may listen to these, and he'll come back and visit, 
But he is just zealous for the Lord, and he went and talked to some guy to tell him about being filled with the Spirit, this believer. And, and, and I had warned him, be careful about talking to that guy. And he just was so zealous, which I appreciate that big time. So he went to tell him about being filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues, and this guy just knew enough scriptures and twisted them. And this kid, young guy, came back to me, and he's like, is speaking in tongues for real? I went through and took scripture after scripture after scripture, and he said, I'm convinced now that that guy took a scripture out of its setting, and that can't be true, because I showed him why it couldn't. Super simple. But when he first heard it, tried to plunder him, tried to give him up give up being filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, to move away from it because he didn't know the truth. And those riches were trying to be robbed from him. And so I just introduced him to a number of Bible verses, and he said, that's simple. No more plundered. No more robbed. But how many things come say, well, prosperity is not for everybody. We're not talking about just getting rich and living, you know, just, ah, or, or different things, you know. We're talking about doing God's plan and God's will, and he blessed Abraham, and that blessing's on us in every aspect. It's okay. We're just not going to be covetous. But people will come with, with brilliant ideas, seemingly, but they come to plunder many times and to rob people. And so notice verse 18, after he talks about all that's ours, he said, let no one cheat you. Of your reward. Doesn't that sound like a treasure? Doesn't that sound like a riches? Uh, of your reward. What A reward belongs to somebody. Taking delight in false humility, worship of angels, intruding into those things they do not know, vainly puffed up by their fleshly, fleshly mind. They had wrong information about stuff, and it was going to cause them, and it was even something that seemed spiritual, to plunder them, to rob them. Notice verse 19, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together, nourished, nourished, the head nourishes the body, these people, these lies, these things that come try to get you disconnected from the head that brings nourishment. A body needs to be nourished. We are the body of Christ. You are a member individually. The head of the body is Christ. That's why he said all the treasures are in that knowledge. And he would not, he doesn't care if you're just a saved person once you're saved, but he doesn't want you to partake of the nourishment that comes through the head. So he's going to not want you to hold fast to the head and want you to think about everything else but the head. Why? Because if you are thinking wrong, that life flow from the head doesn't move through you. Notice this. And not holding fast to the head. Not holding fast to the head. And notice he said when this is con there's a connection, he said there will be this knitting together and joints and ligaments will create a supply. And he said with the increase or by the increase of God, the increase comes through the Lord. He works through us when we stay connected. Notice they didn't hold fast to the head. Now, he doesn't change this thought. And he talks about people trying in their own strength to walk free from different things in this life, in the next few verses. And he said, 
you have no power over the indulgences of the flesh by just your will power alone. He said, you've got to stay connected to the head. That's why in him are all the treasures, all the riches, all the reward, everything you're looking for. No wonder he said, without faith it's impossible to please him, but he that comes to God must believe that he is and believe he's a rewarder. There's a reward to those who will pursue the Lord and keep their mind on the Lord. Notice what he said in the third chapter in the first verse. If then you've been raised with Christ, that's the whole context of the stuff before. And I like to read it like this, get rid of the if if then, because I am and so are you if you're saved. So I can read it like this, you were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above. Remember to hold fast to the head. Lies want you to get your mind on everything but the Lord who paid it all. And instead of seeing him having obtained the answers for you, he wants you to try to obtain on your own. He wants you to try to get on your own or tell you it's not for you. And here he said, here's your holding fast to the head. He said, if then you were raised with Christ, and we have, so therefore we were raised with him. And because we are, he said, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. What is he saying? Hold fast to the head. Hold fast to these truths. Be a person of the word of God. Don't just read the Bible. Some people think you've got to read, 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 read. And if you read it enough, you get it. And we've been reading for more than three years and uh, not receiving anything or very little. But if you lived when Jesus was here in that three years, people were receiving stuff from hearing little truths just here and there, here and there, here and there, here and there. Why? Because they would hold them to themselves. They would hold fast to the truth. They would not only read, they would set their mind there. They said, this is how it is. And if I go touch Jesus, I'm getting it. Period. Now people read it and go, I don't know what's going to happen. Instead of setting their mind on the head, they think, well, I just read. What if you just put food in your mouth and let it fall out? You ain't eating. You got to chew it. You got to get it in you. You need to ponder the truth. In your mind is cultivated death and life. Even if you're saved, it's cultivated there. The incubator of all the things that you want in God have to be kept in your mind until the fruit comes, until it dawns in your heart. Why do I say that? Because I have my Bible. And remember Paul wrote this to the Romans. He said, to be carnally minded, not holding fast to the head, is death. You won't eat of the life. He said, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In other words, it's cultivated when you hold fast to the head. That's why not only knowing the truth... But holding fast and letting it be the way you think in life is massively huge. What do you think about when trouble comes? Do you hold fast to the head, Jesus and his victory and what he bought and what he got? Or do you think, what in the world am I going to do? What in the world's going to happen? Will I ever get ahead? Will I ever win? No, you just need to hold fast to the head and say, I'm part of the body. I want that nourishment that's in the head into me, the body part. So the way it's going to happen, the way it's going to be cultivated is I hold fast to the head in my head. So I said, that's confusing. Think about Jesus and what he bought and what he got for you. 
And when you see it that way, it'll begin to dawn on you. Instead of trying to get what he said he got, start thinking like, what he said is true. And then don't examine life, examine him. What are you pondering? The heart swells with courage or discouragement based on what we ponder. 